Thank you for tuning in to the Fly Mastery Podcast, where our goal is to provide tools, resources, and insights that empowers driven individuals to become the masters of their financial independence journey. I'm Peter Donisanu, and in today's podcast, we're going to talk about what you can do to break free of student loan debt. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with this vital issue, then you know firsthand the challenges of managing student loan debt. We recorded this podcast because we believe that some individuals are waiting on an act of Congress to make their debts disappear. Now, the chances are that it'll likely be on you to forge your own path to student loan debt liberation. At the end of our time together, my hope is that you have a better understanding of the steps that you'll need to take to free yourself from this debt trap. These steps include evaluating how much minimum payments are actually costing you on your student loans, curbing unnecessary interest expenses, finding creative ways to come up with extra principal payments, and more importantly, how doing so may enable you to eliminate debt sooner and give you the ability to focus your efforts on the essential life goals much sooner than you think. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Student loan debt issuance has skyrocketed over the past decade. Government data out in the first quarter showed that total student loan debt outstanding reached $1.7 trillion. And of this amount outstanding, three quarters of it is held up in federal direct loans. Now, this ownership share suggests that if you have a student loan, there's a good chance that Uncle Sam owns it. And if you feel like your debt burden is unreasonable today, you're not alone. Student loan debt balances now average $35,000 for the nearly 40 million individuals who have federal student loans, a figure that has doubled since 2007. And while the number of borrowers has increased by 40% over the past seven years, loan default rates have tripled over the same period of time. Now, if you want to pull yourself out of your student loan debt trap and forge a path to financial liberation, you'll need to make some decisions about your student loans that are different than what most people are doing right now. Now, many college students assume that money borrowed to finance education can be reasonably paid back in about 10 years. This seemingly short payback period is one reason why some individuals choose to take student loans out in the first place. Well, by the time they graduate, many students accumulate so much debt that they find it challenging to make a standard level payment. That's why some borrowers choose to utilize income relative repayment programs. According to government data, over half of federal direct loans are in some form of income relative repayment as of the first quarter of 2020. Now, this program includes these pay-as-you-earn programs, revised pay-as-you-earned, income-based repayment programs, and income-contingent programs. The common thread running through these programs is that your monthly student loan payment is based on the take-home pay per year rather than a level standard amortized amount. Now, income relative repayment programs are vital to helping people manage ballooning debt payments while balancing other essential financial priorities. Compared to level repayment programs, however, income relative repayment plans might be more financially detrimental than simply paying back what you owe on an amortized basis. This fact is notably the case for borrowers with low income and high debt. Now, let's look at an example. Consider a couple with an adjusted gross income of $120,000 per year and $100,000 in student loan debt. Under an income relative repayment plan, the couple might pay an extra $18,000 in interest expense over the lifetime of their loan compared to a level repayment plan. Now, this difference is mainly due to the fact that it would take 16 years to repay that debt compared to 10 years under a level repayment plan. Now, the drawbacks of an income relative plan become more evident as we move down the income scale. So for a similar household with an adjusted gross income of $75,000 per year instead of $100,000 per year, their lifetime interest payments would be $84,000 higher compared to a level 10-year repayment plan. 
Now, what's more, because these monthly payments barely cover the cost of interest expenses, in this scenario, the unpaid interest is capitalized, or under other words, it's added back to the principal loan amount. So the effect here is that a borrower's total loan outstanding rises over time rather than being paid down. And while many income relative repayment plans allow for loan forgiveness after 20 or 25 years, debt forgiveness is in some cases considered taxable income. So what this means is that the remaining balance at the end of 20 or 25 years might lead to a tax bill for, in, in this situation, of at least $23,000 for the couple at the end of 20 years. Now, it's crucial to understand that income relative repayment programs are an expensive way to pay down your student loan debt. While they're useful for addressing short-term challenges to your financial situation, these programs should not be relied upon as a long-term approach to paying down your student loan debt. If you're participating in an income relative repayment program and are serious about conquering your student loan debt, it might be time to re-examine how much this payment program is actually costing you. If you've ever experienced financial hardship as a student loan borrower, you probably know that payment forbearance can help you manage financial obligations in times of uncertainty. Now, forbearance programs allow you to delay making payments on federal loans and in some cases other private loans as well for up to 12 months at a time. Today, there are approximately 3.8 million direct loan borrowers in forbearance with outstanding balances that are growing at a rapid rate. While beneficial in the short term, this program can undo the progress that you made in paying down your student loan debt, and in some cases, leave you with higher balances than with where you started. As we talked about earlier, capitalizing interest is the quickest way to derail your student loan repayment program. And while income relative programs might lead to higher debt levels for some individuals, participating in a forbearance program will most definitely cause your outstanding balances to rise over time. Let's use an example to demonstrate this point a little more clearly. Now recall our earlier illustration of a couple with an adjusted gross income of $120,000 per year and $100,000 in student loan debt. Under an income relative repayment program, they might pay off their student loan debt in about 15 years, costing them about $152,000 over the lifetime of their loan. Now what would happen if we introduced forbearance into this picture? Now assuming that this couple used forbearance to delay payments by 36 months during the course of their loan their student loan costs would rise to $191,000 by the time the debt is completely paid off, and $40,000 more than how they avoided forbearance in the first place. Now, capitalized interest increases the amount of outstanding loan balance and leads to paying interest on top of interest. What's more, in this situation, the playback period for the loan goes from 15 years to more than 20 years, leading to a hefty tax bill when the loan is finally forgiven. And so we just talked about how forbearance affects an income relative repayment program. How does this apply to a level repayment plan? Well, for $100,000 in student loan debt amortized over 10 years, placing your loans into forbearance for 36 months, the couple in the situation in the example before would end up doubling their interest from $33,000 to over $66,000. This is because the borrowers are now making up for the lost time that they used to postpone those payments at 36 months and now they're paying interest on top of interest. This will lead them to pay uh, additional interest and pay off their loans in 15 years compared to the 10 years of a level repayment plan. Now, we're not trying to take away from the fact that forbearance is a useful tool and can help you navigate tough financial times. But if you do come upon a tough financial time, prioritizing interest payments can help you avoid that capitalization issue we just talked about. So if your goal is to quickly conquer your student loan debt and pay down your balances, 
then not paying interest on top of interest is crucial to this aim. Income relative repayment plans can lengthen the time it takes you to repay your student loans, while forbearance can lead you to pay interest on top of interest. So if your aim is to eliminate student loan debt, consider alternatives to income relative repayment plans and avoid forbearance. Then create a strategy to make additional principal payments on your student loans. Whatever your chosen repayment plan might be, every payment that you can make on your student loans can shorten the time it takes to pay off your debt and reduces your interest expense. So for example, finding a way to pay an extra $100 per month on a $100,000 10-year level repayment plan can modestly reduce your interest costs and cut your payment period by one year. So how does this apply to income relative repayment plans? Well, using the same assumptions as before and making that extra $100 payment can significantly increase your financial savings and shorten your payback period. So let's recall for a second that a couple with an adjusted gross income of $120,000 a year and $100,000 in student loan debt, it might take them 15 years to pay down their student loan debt using that income relative repayment program. Now, by paying an additional $100 per month, they can eliminate their debt in 13 years and save more than $8,000 in interest. Now, let's take this example one step further. Let's look at increasing principal payments from $100 to $500 per month. In the case of our 10-year level repayment scenario, committing an additional $500 per month to principal reduction reduces the repayment period to six years and lowers interest payments by a third. For the income relative scenario, a similar contribution of $500 per month could cut lifetime interest costs in half. The point here is that every dollar that you can commit to paying down your principal puts you one step closer to student loan debt liberation. You know, Desmond Tutu was once quoted as saying this, that the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. In the case of student loans, paying down your student loan debt won't happen overnight. However, we, we just illustrated how finding ways to commit even a little extra money to pay down your principal can shorten the payback period and minimize interest expenses. Even so, finding that extra $100 or $500 a month might seem like an overwhelming task. What can you do to come up with that extra money so you could pay down your student loan debt faster? Well, here are a few suggestions. What gets measured gets managed. Knowing where your money is going every month can help you identify ways to reduce or eliminate spending and free up cash flows that can be applied to paying down your student loan debt. Now, the short-term sacrifice of prioritizing debt repayments by reallocating spending away from non-essential towards paying down your debt for the next five years might lead to a lifetime of financial gains. Another way to come up with some extra cash is paying off your smallest balances first. Now, if you have multiple student loans, then prioritizing the payoff of your smallest balances can help free up cash flow that you could use to pay off your next higher balance. The idea here is to quickly pay down debts with low balances and then use that extra monthly cash flow to pay down your next smallest account balance and repeating this process until all your student loans are paid off. Another way to come up with some extra cash is to consider refinancing your debt. Now, interest rates have fallen considerably this past year. With student loan refi rates at 3.5%, refinancing your higher interest student loan debt might lower your monthly payments. Then you could use this money saved on your monthly payments to make those additional principal payments. Keep in mind, however, that there are certain benefits that are afforded with federal student loans, like the forgiveness. So if you're refinancing into a private loan, those benefits may not apply to you anymore. Finally, you're likely to come into some kind of financial windfall during the course of the year. For example, many people receive a bi-weekly paycheck, yet they pay their expenses on a monthly basis. What this means is that two times a year, you'll have an extra paycheck coming your way. 
If your budget allows for it, consider using this additional paycheck to pay down the additional balance on your student loans. Also consider using other windfalls like a tax refund or the stimulus check you just got towards paying down your additional principal payments. What could you do with a few extra hundred dollars per month right now? Well, for some individuals, this additional cash flow might make the difference between buying a bigger house or a newer car. In some cases, it might mean getting closer to those crucial financial goals, like funding a college savings plan or shoring up retirement fund. While many people are waiting on an act of Congress to make their student loans disappear, you'll likely need to forge your own path to financial freedom. This includes limiting the use of costly income relative repayment plans and avoiding capitalized interest. You know, taking a measured approach to paying off your student loans may liberate you from seemingly impossible debt and put you on the fast track to achieving your financial goals much sooner than you think. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email us at questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity as you pursue your own financial independence journey. Five Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.